0: From the capital city, I'm Kevin Allen. Senator Lisa Murkowski has described as responsible and targeted a bipartisan bill aimed at addressing gun violence in the country. Murkowski says the measure represents a compromise. She spoke to members of the media on Thursday.
1: This is a compromise measure that came about because you had a, a, a group of 10 lawmakers five on each side of the aisle that said the american public deserves to see some response from the congress when it comes to gun violence and what we can do more and better to provide for school safety and to address what i think many of us would would concur is is a growing mental health crisis in in this country
0: Murkowski was one of 15 Republicans that voted in favor of the bill.
1: It is a measure that uh, is not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, Um, but I do think that it is responsive, and I think it is responsible, and I think it is very targeted.
0: It would also fund local programs for school safety, mental health, and violence prevention.
1: It's almost historic the focus that we are seeing directed towards um, additional mental health as well as school safety resources.
0: The bill, among other things, would tighten background checks for the youngest gun buyers and keep firearms from more domestic violence offenders.
1: What we're really trying to do is to ensure that our schools are safe, our kids are protected without placing new restrictions on law-abiding gun owners. And at the same time that we're trying to keep our schools safe, I don't think any of us as parents think that the, that the, the outcome needs to be that our schools become fortresses. I, I certainly am not one who thinks that the answer is to provide firearms to teachers and put that extraordinary weight and burden on them.
0: A spokesperson for Alaska's other U.S. Senator Dan Sullivan did not respond to an email from the Associated Press seeking comment on his position on the bill. On the same day that the Senate moved forward on its bill, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that Americans have a right to carry firearms in public for self-defense, a major expansion of gun rights. The court struck down a New York gun law in a ruling expected to directly impact half a dozen other populous states. ABC's Karen Travers reports...
1: President Biden reacting to the Supreme Court's ruling in the New York state gun case. It's
0: a bad decision. I think it's it's not reasoned
1: accurately. In a statement earlier Tuesday, the president said the 6-3 decision, quote, contradicts both common sense and the Constitution and should deeply trouble us all. The president saying the nation must do more, not less, to protect people. And he repeated his call for Americans to make their voices heard on gun safety, saying, quote, lives are on the line. Karen Travers, ABC News, the White House.
0: Justice Clarence Thomas wrote for the high court's 6-3 conservative majority. A state court judge says he is tentatively inclined to agree with the state elections office that the fifth place finisher in a special primary for Alaska's U.S. House seat cannot replace a candidate who abruptly dropped out. But Superior Court Judge William Morris says he will accept written pleadings before making a final decision. He planned to rule today. His comments came during a hearing on a lawsuit filed earlier in the day that argued that the Alaska Division of Elections misinterpreted state law. The lawsuit says the fifth-place finisher, Republican Sarah Sweeney, should be put on the August special election ballot in place of Independent Al Gross, who withdrew. Temperatures will soar starting late this weekend into the middle of next week across the northern and central channels. According to the National Weather Service in Juneau, a few temperature records could fall. The warmest days are expected to be Monday into Wednesday, when temperatures could reach the high 80s. Nicole Farron is a forecaster in Juneau.
2: We've got a really strong high pressure that's setting up over the Gulf of Alaska, and we're looking at some dry weather, not seeing any precipitation coming in the next week, and that. High pressure is going to also have with it some really warm temperatures aloft, So we're looking at rising temperatures with each passing day.
0: Conditions could feel muggy at times as well. With around 18 hours of daylight per day, homes might be difficult to cool in the evenings.
2: The last heat wave we had at the beginning of the month of June, when it was in the 80s, was really dry. Um, initially with this one we're looking at a bit more humidity in the air, so it'll feel more uncomfortable. But toward the Monday, Tuesday timeframe of next week, we're looking at some more offshore flow where the winds are coming down off the mountains, and that actually causes the temperatures to warm up faster. And that also tends to be a drier flow pattern. So we might dry up a little bit more when we have the the hottest days of the week, which are going to be that Monday to Wednesday timeframe of next week.
0: The warm temperatures will cause glacially fed rivers to gradually rise each day. Snow and glacier meltwater into the basins will cause cool water temperatures. Four emergency responders in Juneau received coins last week, signifying a successful CPR rescue in response to a patient going into cardiac arrest. And Fire Chief. Rich Etheridge said the coin is part of an effort to increase CPR save rates in the capital city. On Thursday of last week, Officers Hannah Malone, Jonah Hennings Booth, and Dispatchers Tanya Kurtz and Alicia Cheeseman were awarded a cardiac arrest save coin for their efforts on a recent cardiac arrest response. Juno Fire Chief Etheridge said on Action Line that when he first started in the department, they have been working to increase CPR save rates in Juneau.
3: When I first started the department, we would occasionally get a CPR save. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and we've been really working hard to increase the, the save rates here in town. And most of that is early CPR is one of the biggest keys. So uh, we created this CPR save coin that if people stop and choose to do CPR and help save a life, um, they get a coin for that.
0: Etheridge said that the bar is high to receive the coin, requiring that the individual rescued is not only delivered to the hospital with a pulse, but also discharged and able to resume their life.
3: A gentleman uh, in one of the trailer parks out in the valley uh, had a cardiac arrest, and one of his family members started CPR. And then all of the responders that go and participate in that, along, along with the police officers that are first on scene. Uh, anybody that participates in saving that life gets a challenge coin. And it's a pretty high bar. It's not just we delivered somebody to the hospital with a pulse. They actually have to be discharged from the hospital uh, and be able to
0: resume their, their life. Etheridge said that the department is at about a 55% save rate for people that go into cardiac arrest.
3: When I started, you know, it was really, really rare to save someone doing CPR. Now we're saving 55% of them. Um, and uh, we try and run a cardiac arrest, kind of like uh, if you're watching NASCAR and see a pit crew operation. Everybody's got an assigned role and everybody has assigned spots to stand. And uh, we just try and do it as efficiently as possible.
0: He said that 55% is an amazing milestone. A rock slide onto a dock in Skagway has seen a large cruise ship skip a Thursday port of call. According to Skagway Mayor Andrew Cromada, rocks have littered the dock owned by White Pass. There was a rock slide uh, that didn't take out the cruise ship dock. Uh, There's debris on the dock. They're uh, moving the boat that was there uh, a little south, and they're going to tender them into the small boat harbor so that they can monitor if there's any more rock fall. Uh, But no injuries, fortunately slide happened between 6:30 and 7 a.m. yesterday no injuries were reported according to the mayor you know it's a private dock. so white pass is assessing the situation and uh, i think they're going to make an announcement later today uh, after they they assess so um I mean, you know it's a rock slide it's not in an area uh exactly known for rock slides we have a, a more active slide area a little further north of there but uh this one was in a in a different place so my guess is they'll, you know, work to get it cleaned up. The Quantum of the Sea skipped a port of call Thursday due to the incident. White Pass presently owns and operates three deep-water docks capable of handling large vessel traffic in Skagway. Juno Port Director Carl Ucattel reported cruise traffic numbers so far for the cruise season in Juneau while a guest on Action Line.
4: I've been tracking the number of... Uh of passengers coming to Juno and going through the, the first five weeks, so ending June 7th, we've had about 193,000 guests in, and that would be against a capacity of, of about 300,000. 300, in terms of capacity. So we're at about, right at 64% capacity. Of what the the cruise lines are bringing to to Juno, so we expect those numbers to, to grow as the season um, wears on. We know that uh, the early sailings were kind of limited by kind of the the media concerns that people had early on in making bookings, but uh, it appears that the vessels are sailing with uh, more and more percent capacity uh, as the summer wears on.
0: He shared the expected number of cruise passengers.
4: I think we're looking at 1 million to 1.2 million passengers this year. So, um, you know, it, basically, we, the the city gets uh, $13 for every passenger that that, that comes that comes into Juno. So, uh, those numbers are very favorable for for head tax uh, purposes.
0: He said of the feedback so far.
4: Just kind of anecdotally, and man on the street, when I talk to retail folks and charter operators and uh, the folks selling tours and uh, along the, the waterfront, people seem very optimistic, and they seem to be very happy with uh, sales uh, thus far.
0: You know, Port Director Carl Youcatel. Governor Mike Dunleavy appeared on Ketchikan Radio Center's Business Matters a Monday while visiting Alaska's first city this week. Don Levy says the budget is nearly ready to sign, and a historic PFD is on the way to Alaskans. We have a budget
5: surplus. We have the largest PFD in history coming uh, coming to people. Um, We're paying down some of our debts. We're saving money. Uh, Our crime rates are down over the past couple years, uh, ever since SB91 was uh, repealed. We have the real potential, as I mentioned, for a, a gas line. The Anchorage International Airport went from the 5th busiest uh, cargo airport in the world to the 4th, and there's a lot of investment going there. So again, I think with Alaska's uh, resources as well as its uh, location on the globe,
0: we've got a lot going for us, and I Mm -hmm. think there's a lot of upside to Alaska. The Levy says diversification away from oil is important to consider economically. For decades we've relied mainly on oil, but I think that uh,
5: although we'll continue to have oil as a mainstay, in our portfolio, I think, once again, capitalizing on our location, uh, agriculture. We've got more farmland. That's interesting. We have more farmland potential in Alaska than many other states. And the thing we have, and you guys know this here better than anyone in southeast Alaska, is we have more water than any other state, more fresh water than any other state. More and coastline, too. Yeah. And what's happening down in lower 48 with the droughts, um, Alaska, again, is going to be positioned well to um, to capitalize on its resources, including water.
0: The Levy says discussions on projects across southeast are on tap.
5: We want to have continued discussions with the the city of Saxman, and we're going to hop over to Metlakatla, talk with those folks about uh, some things the state might be able to help them with in terms of dams, uh, transmission, that sort of thing, and uh, again just to keep strengthening things like strengthening uh, things like the ferries, uh, mariculture, uh, try and help folks with uh, potential. Um, uh, land to build uh, uh, more affordable housing on, and there's things the state can do. We're working with folks here, and we're going to keep
0: uh, keep having those discussions and uh, mm-hmm. move some, uh, I think, some uh, pretty good ideas forward. State lands could go a long way to easing the housing crunch in southeast, he says. We have tremendous amounts of land, even though mm-hmm. southeast is hemmed in by the Tongass
5: National Forest. We still have some land, some state land down here that um, you know we we uh, introduced a, a land reform bill into the mm-hmm. legislature this year. Unfortunately, it didn't pass, but uh, a comprehensive land bill such as that uh, could have in it um, uh, state land uh, transfers to some of our boroughs. If we do that, if we transfer land, state land, there, there would be additional land then for folks to build housing, which would lower the cost. So these are the kind of discussions that we're having.
0: Governor Dunleavy. As part of a program between the Alaska Small Business Development Center and the University of Alaska Fairbanks, inventors in Alaska could be awarded up to $10,000 to help them with the beginning stages of commercializing their technology. The Alaska Small Business Development Center's Technology-Focused Trend Program announced that they are accepting applications for the 2022 Phase Zero Program, The Center said that the Phase Zero program is meant to help Alaskan inventors develop and submit proposals for federal innovation research grants that will benefit the nation. The top four participants of this year's Trend Program will be awarded a grant of up to $10,000. The application period will open July 1st and will close July 25th. Never miss a story or a newscast at KINYradio.com. Now you're up to date. For News of the North... This is Kevin Atleten.